so a, a shoey is a very a very i mean it's a bit of a it's an australian icon at this point it's um you know everyone celebrates in their own way and and the way that uh that australians sometimes celebrate is by doing a, a shoey so if you ever ever watched the uh the formula one at all um we've uh <laughs> We, we've had a, a very, very famous Australian who who won that one time and decided to do a shoey for all of the world. So a shoey is, I don't have a shoe on me at the moment, or oh, I do, but it's probably, it's one of my gardening shoes, so I'm not going to yes. put that out on camera. <laughs> but basically what's involved is you you take your you take your shoe off and then uh, you grab yourself a beer, pop the top off, fill that, uh, fill that shoe with beer and knock it straight back. <laughs> So afraid what we um, what we do here in Tardux, it's a podcast for content creators to come on, share their stories, experiences, and advice. And we're gonna jump into it. Are you ready? Let's go. I'm right. uh, ready, ready and willing. Okay, so to get things rolling, we always start with a few uh, rapid que random questions. And uh, let's go with as a little kid, what did you want to do when you grew up? So I always wanted to be a lawyer when I was a kid. I don't know, I had this whole romanticized view of, um, I don't know if you've ever watched, uh, ever watched the show Boston Legal back in the yes, day with James yes. <laughs> um, Just That was my idea of, of success, was wearing the tie, sipping the whiskey, looking out over the New York uh, <laughs> skyline. But um, yeah, needless to say, that, that didn't quite happen, but um, that was always the, uh, the dream as a kid. I didn't, have the, I didn't have the whole firefighter or ambulance or policeman yeah. or anything like that. No, I wanted to be, uh, I wanted to be James Spader. Okay, there we go. All right. So what's what is your favorite thing about where you live? Oh, definitely. I'm a I am a big coffee snob. And I live oh. in uh, in Melbourne, in yeah. Melbourne down in Australia, which is known as like the uh, the food and, and drink capital of Australia. Okay. Um, and there's a very, very hard and fast rule down here that if you are a barista or you are in a coffee shop, you need to have like you can't have a an eight out of ten coffee. You need to have a ten out of ten coffee, otherwise you will be out of business quick. Oh smart. wow! So uh, yeah, I absolutely love being able to go down to any cafe and yeah. either really really loving the coffee or watching them getting replaced by a new owner like a week later. <laughs> so definitely my favorite thing. Excellent. All right, and third question: You're going out to your favorite restaurant. What are you eating? What What's your meal of choice? Ooh. Oh, that's a really good one. So I'm, I, I'm not a vegetarian myself, yep. but one of the things that I've, if, if you're trying somewhere new and you're trying to work out if they are, you know, kind of really, really good or perhaps maybe not so good is order a vegetarian dish, Oh, order a vegetarian dish. And the reason I say that is for vegetarian food to be quite nice you don't have the you don't have the the trump card of let's throw you know a steak in there or you know some right. chicken or whatever you need to be really good with the way that you work with uh spices and things like uh, that okay. so if you can do vegetarian food well you've got a pretty good uh restaurant going oh, so that's always nice. always my test meal all right there we go all right so um yeah reading your twitch um i guess logo it says you're not a streamer so What's the story behind that? <laughs> so, um, because I because I'm an emissary, my name in game is purple. 
And and one of the things that I found a lot, you know, when you have those sort of those interactions in the game, you know, you come across people that have like a, a TV or a TTV in their yeah. name and you, you jump on Twitch and you jump in and you give them a, a GG and, and what whatnot. Um, I found a lot of people were trying to do the same thing to me, seeing the purple name and thinking, oh, he's a he must be a Twitch streamer. <laughs> Twitch is purple. That's what he'll be. So um, it became a bit of a, a bit of a running a running joke that uh, no, that I'm not in fact a Twitch streamer. I just have a purple name in in game. But um, and and you know I've I've done a few streams in the past when I've when yeah. I've needed to, and uh, I always I always ring the bell of I'm not a streamer. I I just like the look. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. So now. Before you, you know, jumped into the Tarkov scene, what is your background? You're not a lawyer, obviously, because you know you didn't, you didn't, uh, no, you know, he, that wasn't your childhood goal. So, not the uh, the, the James Spader dream didn't happen. But yeah. um, no, like I said, it was a bit of a bit of an interesting journey, really. Um, so I, I work in essentially the easiest way to explain it would be um, sort of like project management, that that sort yeah. of space. And um, obviously, being a little bit uh, a little bit older than uh, some of the the regular Taki crew, uh -huh. um, I kind of got into I kind of got into gaming and esports and things like that a little bit later than most. So you know, mm -hmm. you talk to a lot of people, and they're like, "Oh, I remember getting my first Sega Genesis back when I was twelve years old, and I've been a gamer right. ever since then." And and that was that was never really sort of my thing like i was very interested in the competitive side you know used to watch gsl the old starcraft leagues and things yeah. like that back in the day just because uh you know i was always a little bit interested in the competitive side of things but mm -hmm. um tarkov was really sort of the first i guess dipping of the toe into uh into i guess the whole not just esports but the whole gaming community and i guess seeing what sort of been happening with bsg and the release of arena and i guess all the community things and yeah and obviously getting into events like packs and and stuff like that as well um that's all relatively new to me the last last couple of years i would say um yeah. and yeah it's been been amazing like i've met a lot of fantastic people learned a lot yeah. of things had the opportunity to take part in a lot of uh really really cool stuff so like i said it hasn't been as long a journey as perhaps some people that you've spoken right. to but um it's certainly been an exciting one so now when did you jump in? when did video games start for you then you said later in life so you know pc gaming or did you you know come in through some consoles at first no so i was always i was always into um into pc gaming but yeah. um it was very much like a you, you know you can end up with a lot of hobbies and you've got like you know your main hobby that you bury all your time and energy right. and everything into for me that was was other things like i'm really into cars and, and that okay. side of things but um you know I, I would do a bit of uh pc gaming i remember when i was younger i used to have the occasional like uh i don't know if you remember the days of the the old laplink cables and things like oh, that yeah. and we would play you know the original command and conquer and stuff uh -huh. and we used to do it yeah. back then but um it wasn't until it wasn't until i would say probably 2016 2017 that i kind of started getting a bit more into it i always had a, a pc that was a few generations old yeah. and, and stuff like that and um really i think the uh the advent of uh covid was probably the the thing that really kind of threw me into the deep end living in yeah. melbourne we uh were the most locked down city in the world um according to our our news we had uh there was a period there where we had like curfews. We weren't allowed to leave the the house after um, 8 p.m. or before 5 a.m. Yeah. And if we were going out, we were only allowed out for like an hour, hour and a half at a time and things like that. Very, very strict. So these, uh, you know, getting involved in um, the Tarkov community and, 
and I guess all of the, you know, the Discord communities and things like that, yeah. that was the interaction. That was your, that was how you socialized for a good uh, two years right. down here in Melbourne. So yeah, that was probably the point where I really went, hey, this is good fun. I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm about this. So yeah. yeah. Okay. And now over the years, what are, you know, you had Tarkov was a big game for you. What else stuck out as, you know, some of your favorites? So I put a lot of hours into uh, into PUBG as well yeah. when that first came out, and that was sort of the the point. Prior to that, I'd really been into like my RTSs and and yeah. things like you know the top down view and the stuff where I could uh, you know really focus on my my macro and micro management right. and, and stuff yeah. like that. And then jumped into PUBG, played a fair bit of uh, played played a fair bit of that with uh, with some friends, and I kind of went, you know what the the FPS genre that's. Um, that's got to be going for it. I'm, I'm yeah. sort of really interested in that. But again, being a little bit, uh, a little bit odd. I don't have the reflexes. I don't know if you find this as well at all. Oh. With, uh, you know, I, I jump into a Valorant lobby or yeah. whatever, and there are there are 14 year olds with, you know, 20 <laughs> millisecond response times, and I'm sitting here like I can I can see the the signal from my screen going into my eyes and slowly yeah. processing into my brain, and before I know it, you know. So uh, that that yeah. exactly exactly right. So. Um, yeah, and I got into that and, and Tarkov, I mean, I say all of that, but I'm a bit of a running gunner in in Tarkov compared yeah. to, I guess, what a lot of players are like. But um, yeah, no, that that's really sort of what moved me in this sort of more tactical type direction. So it's kind of the combination, right, of mm-hmm. of RTSs with FPS to a degree because you are having to think into, through yeah. situations. Yeah, you can't rely on just being completely, you know, cracked in your, your reaction times and exactly. things like that. So yeah. And now what was your path to Tarkov then? How did you find the game? Like, you know, friends or just videos? Uh, it was actually a, a friend, like a, a real life friend of mine who um, we played a bit of PUBG back in the day. And, and when I joined up, like when I got into Tarkov, it was basically just customs. I don't know if every, anyone remembers the the old days of everyone spawning on one side of customs and you could pick your spawn if you had a map yes, for it. Yes, you could pick your spawn. Everyone yeah. drops in together and there was like this huge fight at the very start and and then everyone would try and traverse across the map and things like that. So, um, yeah, no, a friend of mine, he uh, he saw some videos very early on around, you know, you know, I don't know if you remember the very old, the very early ones where it was sort of, you know, all very ambient and you didn't really have oh, the yeah. scabs in there at that point and it was a lot of walking around and showing off you know these amazing gun models and things like that and i was looking at that having you know kind of it was around the time that um pub really started falling off in mm-hmm. uh in oce as well because you know yeah. everyone's sort of moving over to the asian region if they wanted to keep playing because a lot of the play base here sort of yeah you know, got into other things but um yeah it was a friend of mine that was like come and check this out you know let, let's play for a bit and unfortunately i've been here ever since you know for better or worse <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's not a bad it's not a bad place to be, man. This game has something on me that no other game, you know, it scratches that itch and whether it's puckerness, or the the you know, the RPG element of it or the gunplay, yeah, it just feels so good. Yeah, and and that's exactly it. It's one of those one of those games where it being in that RPG element, you kind of create your own fun. You know, you've got to yeah. set your own goals and you've got to work through, you know, what do I actually want to try and do this wipe? Or, you know, you can actually change your your style so much. So, you know, all the things that I guess, because I, there was a very brief period in my life where I was just addicted to World of Warcraft. I think uh, I think a lot of people probably have a very similar story, but yeah. um, you know, I was one of those those degenerates that would uh do two or three all-nighters every every week and then go off to work bleary-eyed and loaded up on caffeine and things (laughs) like that 
but it was that kind of that loop where you would be like, okay, I've set a goal for myself. I'm going to challenge myself. I'm going to try and, you know, do something to grow as a player or, you know, get this little, you know, this new title in the, the PVP arena or whatever. And I guess I kind of found that with Tarkov as well. So I, I still remember very early on, um, for my first wipe, I would run like an entire entire wipe. I would run around with an SKS with a, a pocket full of PS ammo because I couldn't get my head around, oh, I need to be able to load mags and I need to make sure I've got room in my rig right. and I need to be able to do all these things. And like the SKS, I understood, like, I know how an yeah. SKS works. I can build one of those, um, you know, AK platforms. I remember it was probably a year and a half into into Tarkov before I figured out how to put an AR platform together. You know, <laughs> yeah. sort of like, oh, I don't, I don't get this. What, what's the upper for, and what, what am I doing with the lower, and why is right. this different for a TX15 and and things like that? But um, it meant that I could kind of progress and challenge myself to do something new every wipe so it never really yeah. got old and it kind of changed the way that i played and i guess some of the uh the situations that i would put myself into and mm-hmm. you get that that sort of challenge and reward loop that is really yeah. kind of lacking in a lot of games today so yeah i, I completely get the uh the the hook that that tarkov's yes. got in some of us so for you what was the hardest thing to learn to get your head around with this game because it is it to me it, it was probably the most intimidating game to learn and, and just, you know, just jump into. Yeah, I think the the learning curve, and I get a lot of this from being a Sherpa as well, is that there's a lot of things that when you first jump into the game, just being able to get your head around, not, I mean, the maps are obviously a big thing, and they, mm-hmm. they especially were back in, in those days. Yeah. But the challenge of being able to make sure that you've taken the right things into the match each time. Yeah. And that was the thing that I kind of really struggled with in the the early days. And, and of course, when I say the early days, this was back when there were no healing animations. Everyone, yeah. the, the meta at that point was you get into a gunfight and you start hitting the hotkey for your grizzly every time. And <laughs> um, I, I remember sitting there and going, I've healed. Why am I, why do I still have limbs that are, are red or are, right. are damaged or whatever it might be? Because I hadn't kind of figured out in my own mind how the health system worked because yeah. I was healing, you know, just my right arm, not realizing right. that, oh, I've got to be able to do each limb and body part individually and each one could have a bleed and things like that. Yeah. The guns, I, I basically, I went, you know what, that's fine. I'll take the simplest setup that I can and that yeah. will all be okay. But being able to kind of get my head around what's actually going on with my PMC and rate, it took me a long time to get my head around that, which is probably not the same challenge that most people have had. Most <laughs> people were probably like, oh, that limb's red. I better heal it. Whereas I'm sitting there going, why is my health number still at, you know, I think 435 at that point. Yeah. Um, why is it still at 433? Why is it not healing properly? What, what's wrong here? Is my game broken? And I'm, you know, alt <laughs> fouring and trying to load back in thinking that I'd broken something. Yeah. Uh I, I still remember my first raid. So I, I, out of my group of friends, I was the first one to, you know, jump into it. So I fired up. There's my character. All right, let's go to woods. Oh, somebody sent me a friend or an invite. Let's join them. I spawn into woods. I get capped. Like, oh, okay. That wasn't fun. Where's my, and I, I go back to the lobby. I was like, where's my gear? Oh my God. It's all gotten. And it's like, oh, okay. Now this the you know you started clicking so, okay this is this is going to be brutal you just take your time you know yeah it was even you know i still remember that first raid it's crazy 
Do you uh do you, do you ever remember your first fight with a a scav at all? Like that was a big one that really stood out for me. Just not being used to the whole like with PUBG. Obviously, if you look down sights, you don't get that gun sway. Yeah. Getting the gun sway, I remember I had the little the Gratch pistol, and yeah. at that point I didn't know how to hold breath or anything like that. So it never occurred to me that my iron sights were not lined up at all. So I'm sort of shooting over you know the left shoulder, the right yeah. shoulder, and going. Why is this? Why is this scav not? Why do they have so much health? Why aren't they dying? That kind of thing. <laughs> did Did you have something similar to that as well? Oh yeah, like yeah. And then you take back the replays. Oh okay, I was way over here on that shot, and there's okay that you know because people are always like, I hit him so many times, and well, you know, play back the replay, and then oh yeah, you're just shooting around him, and yes, yep, totally, yeah. And now you know for new players coming into this game how what would you say to them would be the you know as a sherpa and we'll get into the whole sherpa piece of it, which i think is an amazing thing that bsg offers but for somebody fire you know jumping into the game for the first time at least they have the ability to now co-op and you know offline co-op mm. mode but for somebody jumping in what would you say is some of the things that they should you know learn first so everyone's uh, the thing that i find is everyone has a very different journey when starting Tarkov. You know, there are people yeah. that have come from uh, games like DayZ and mm -hmm. those other kind of survival games. So they, they're used to, I guess, trying to maintain, you know, player health and ailments and different conditions and things like that. So it's really just, a, okay, well, you've got the basics. You understand how this type of game works. Here are some of the things that are really important here. Like, you know, here's some details around the health system and the little lo logos that you will see. And you kind of spend a bit more time talking about maps and extractions and things like that. But then I find I get a lot of people that come in from like CSGO or Rainbow Six and things like that, that are very capable FPS players. Like they're, mm -hmm. you know, have an amazing aim. They're very comfortable with uh, the gunplay side of things. But the concept of having to extract or having to, you know, monitor things like energy and hydration, um, being able to come back to that. So I, I guess it really kind of depends on your background. If you're into your survival games and everything, then the best thing to do is really kind of start focusing on, I guess, the things that are specific to Tarkov, the the maps, the loadouts, the different things. So a little, little bit of time, maybe not on the wiki. I find the wiki can be, the wiki is an amazing resource, but as a new player, it can be a little bit dry. Yeah. Um, I actually find that there's some great um, like content creators putting together fantastic like starting videos and things like that. Um, I know Jesse Kazam's got a really exhaustive one that's quite good. Rengar's got a couple in there too. Yeah. And um, they present it in a way that's easy to consume, but also entertaining as well. So yes. um, my recommendation for most people is start with those sorts of videos. Um, if if it's a bit much, then, you know, jumping onto uh, the Sherpa hub or into the official Discord, find someone to to run with. You know, there's lots of people in the community that are very willing or at the point of their Tarkov journey, as I call it, um, to, I guess, try and get the next generation new players into the game. And, and they do really enjoy sort of going through things because... You know, as you mentioned, when you first start playing Tarkov, it's it's a terrifying experience. You can see oh, that yeah. learning cliff in front of you, and it's a huge climb. Um, when you get sort of past that point, and you're focusing on, I guess, minutiae or things that are, you know your personal goals, like you know, it might be skill leveling or Kappa right. or whatever it might be, um, you kind of lose a lot of that fear that you have when you first play. So being able oh, yeah. to go back and, I guess, relive that through new players and, and help them to kind of make it through mm -hmm. the uh the journey as well is um 
yeah, is a really good thing. And and you can find that if uh, if videos aren't your thing or sitting there reading a wiki isn't your thing, jump in with one of those players, you know, have a yeah. chat with them, see the things that challenged them when they started, throw questions at them. And the thing is as well, you know, again, the RPG element, you can ask question to five different people and get seven different answers. Oh, so. yes. Yeah, absolutely. And now something I think that's unique with BSG is, and then and you're a great example of it, you don't have to be a content creator or a streamer to be involved in the community, the game itself, because with BSG, we have you're an emissary and you're a Sherpa. So let's talk about the emissary. What is, first of all, what is the BSG emissary? So the emissary, the, the best way to describe it is we are sort of a, a conduit between the player base in our region and BSG themselves. So um, obviously BSG, they're primarily around, you know, Europe and, and Russia, that area there. Um, obviously down in OCE, we are like, I'm GMT plus 11 right now. So yes. I'm basically on the other side of the calendar when they're, when they're asleep, I'm awake. And when, uh, when I'm asleep, they're awake. So there are some things that are down here that are, I guess, very unique to the mm -hmm. region. Um, the player base that we have, we have a single server um yeah. in australia um a lot of people can play singapore and things like that but it isn't like america it isn't like europe or russia where you've got four different regions that you can play under 80 millisecond ping with right. however many servers within those we have one we have one and that that comes with i guess some unique opportunities and some, and some unique challenges um mm -hmm. for the region and being able to i guess take some of the things that are impacting the player base removing some of the emotion sometimes yeah. and being able to play it back to BSG in a way that's constructive that they can do something with or make changes um is is really important so that's kind of the the main part of the emissary role um the other thing that i kind of go you know if the sherpas are here looking at new players that are coming in getting them established in the game and making them you know long-term players and, and yeah. keeping them sort of engaged with the game the emissaries also look at you know what can we do to try and retain players or keep players interested in the the late wipe and i'm yeah. sure everyone's heard the whole you know you, you obviously the servers are really busy for the first two and a half months of the wipe and then you know you get into a bit of a lull and it ebbs and mm -hmm. flows and you know the, you might run a couple of the raids that feel a bit quiet and stuff like that um a big part of what we do is trying to make sure that you know people are enjoying their time you know if they're moving on to other things is there a reason for it you know sometimes right. it's just because an amazing game has come out and everyone's playing that for a bit yeah or you know people have put you know a thousand hours into the wipe already and they're having a quick break and stuff like that but um i guess being able to understand you know what are the things that people are looking to do are they wanting to move into tournaments are they wanting to move into other events yeah um are they wanting to sort of see other things within the game itself that's the other part of uh of what the emissaries do okay and now how did you get involved what was your path to you know being recognized or being you know getting into the program so I actually started off as a as a Sherpa initially, and uh, and I kind of did a lot of stuff in that space, and and obviously with uh, OCE being a bit of a, a smaller region compared mm -hmm. to sort of NA in Europe, um, there was uh, there were I guess some things that I wanted to try and look into more, and that was sort of the the player base retention and the things that were sort of like that I was hearing from the new players that were coming in, where they were saying, oh, you know there's this particular type of uh culture or you know there are these yeah. things that um that are kind of prohibiting me from i guess investing myself more into the game and you know these things are, are challenging and and i kind of went well all right there's some stuff here that is kind of crossing between um both 
realms, the, the emissary world and the Sherpa world. Yeah. And uh, I actually approached one of the uh, community managers at the time and I said, look, I'm one of the Sherpas in, in the OCE region and I'm like, here are some things that I I see that are perhaps um, opportunities or that um, a lot of the the new players are giving me feedback on and, and here's some things that I think that we could do in the region to try and work through that. And um, he went, look, do you want to go and have a chat with uh, with Trent, Trent Ayu, the other um, OCE yep. emissary, and um, come up with a plan, you know, put something together and, and see if you guys can uh, make some change, do some fun stuff. And um, yeah, so I worked with Trent and and we did uh, did some cool things in there for a couple of months. And um, then they went, do you want to come on as a, an emissary as well? And I went, cool, sounds awesome. great. We're, we're in here playing the role. So yeah, might as well uh, jump right into it. Now, as an emissary, are there events that go on that you guys organize? And are there any events upcoming that you want to talk about? Oh, absolutely. So we've, we've and like I mentioned, you know, being new to, to eSports compared to most, um, we have run a, a bunch of uh, tournaments in the region last year. Uh, we helped out with the, the Evasion OCE um, yeah. events last year. We've done a couple of uh, like labs tourneys and things like that to show off some of the, the PvP prowess that we have with players in the, the region because i and i say this this is, this is going to be a bit of a uh here's, here's your hot take but um i would say that i would rate uh the the bulk of of oce pvp P pvp players against any of the na pvp chads that you see on twitch would... 100 <laughs> i can't wait for so, arena uh, so we can uh you know hopefully put some teams together and see this break down Oh, I'm very much looking forward to that. Very yeah. much looking forward to that. So, yeah, no, we've done that. And and we did a bit of a uh, community gathering. And in real life, we all went out and touched grass and, and had a few, well, a few too many, in some cases, <laughs> beers together. And, uh, yeah, that was amazing. Um, 2023 is looking to be a huge one for us as well. You know, we've had um, a really good year in 2022, sort of learning the ropes, getting a feel for what's going on, yeah. really strengthening the relationships with uh, with BSG. And, um Yes, there's some huge opportunity opportunities next year for some pretty uh, pretty significant tournaments already. Um, yeah. So we've had uh, we've run the Hunt Show match um, yeah. already. That was on the first of January. So everyone was rolling in there with maybe their heads a little bit sore, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that was really really good one to watch. Um, we've got a, a bunch of IRL stuff coming up. Dreamhack again this year. Yeah. Uh, Pistoli went along to the one last year. I don't know if you spoke to you about that in the, the chat that you guys had the other day. Mm -hmm. um, PAX again, we're looking at doing something a bit bigger this year. Um, so yeah. before it was a big community thing, this year with, you know, obviously Arena coming through, we're hoping to do a bit more to kind of showcase that and, and really yeah. capture the Australians and New Zealanders are very, very competitive a lot of the time. So <laughs> I think that uh, I think there's going to be a lot of fun stuff happening yeah. in that space. You know, a lot of people will want to get in there, and particularly if we can do things like you know land matches and things that are low ping, yeah. you can't sort of do the whole. Oh well, I'm in Western Australia, so I have 80 ping, and you're in Sydney, so you've got five and and stuff like right. that. So um, being able to do a lot more um, in that space, and and being able to do a lot more with you know we the good thing about Tarkov growing to the size that it's at now is we've been able to approach um, a lot of other partners and sponsors and things like that, that perhaps wouldn't have given a second look back in the day. Yeah. So um, in 2023, there's a real opportunity there to make some, I guess, maybe not, maybe not huge show match, big, like wild things, but right. certainly leading up to that, you know, the, it's not the not the days of oh we're doing an online tournament and there's a fifty dollar prize pool and things like that. Yeah. We're we're talking some real competitions, hopefully attracting some some of the big esports teams. You know, we're yeah. hoping to get groups like um, Team Bliss down here 
um, one of the the bigger OCE um, esports orgs, getting yeah. them in to do some Tarkov tournaments and things like that. And the the idea the the ideal is one day we'll have uh, we'll have phase clan tarkov edition <laughs> ignoring all the politics and things right, like that that we've on twitter yes. of course but yeah. and now okay so back to your gathering you had at pax um so over the holidays i had a little get together with a bunch of you know countrymen and some new zealanders uh you know colts was there rhino toast pest stop by yourself trent uh trains and I understand you guys do something called shoeys. Did you do any shoeys at the packs? Because that sounds, I don't know. Actually, first tell what people tell people what a shoey is before you know we find out. <laughs> so a, a shoey is a very a very. I mean, it's a bit of a it's an Australian icon at this point. It's um you know everyone celebrates in their own way, and and the way that uh, that Australians sometimes celebrate is by doing a a shoey. So if you ever ever watched the uh, the Formula One at all, um, we've. Uh... <laughs> We, we've had a, a very, very famous Australian who who won that one time and decided to do a shoey for all of the world. So a shoey is, I don't have a shoe on me at the moment. Oh, I do, but it's probably, it's one of my gardening shoes. So I'm not going to yes. put that out on camera. <laughs> but basically what's involved is you you take your you take your shoe off and then uh, you grab yourself a beer, pop the top off, fill that, uh, fill that shoe with beer and knock it straight back. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. So were there any shoeys done at PAX when you guys got together? Not that I saw, not that I saw, but um, they, I was going to say there were a few groups moving around and a couple of them got pretty loose. So um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if one or two people uh, decided to knock back a couple of shoeys together. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So now we talked about the Emissary program. Another really cool program that BSG has that I've, I don't think I've seen any other um, gaming company do it is you have what you call your Sherpas and your, your Sherpa, your Tell us what a Sherpa is, first of all, for the BSG. So a Sherpa is really an in-game teacher or, I guess, a, a human tutorial to a degree. So um, Sherpas come from all walks of life, all different play styles, um, all different backgrounds. Um, but they're essentially people that are at the point of their, their Tarkov journey where they're wanting to impart the things that they've learned over the years onto new players or onto players that are perhaps looking to develop their skills. So yeah. um, obviously the, the bulk of what we uh, we get are players that have, you know, perhaps jumped, they've bought the game, they've jumped in, they've uh, done what a lot of us have done. They've jumped in with a random from the, the lobby and, and been sent back to the lobby quite promptly, or they've gone in and they've, you know, gotten themselves a heavy bleed and they're like, what, what do I, what do I do with this? Or, you know, they've, they've loaded 366 into their 762 AK and they're like, <laughs> oh, the gun's broken now, what's going on? Why can't I shoot? What's happening? So, um, a lot of it, a lot of it is around that, you know, the, the Sherpas will take people through, work them through loadouts, talk through the med system, take them into raids, get them thinking about, you know, what they're hearing, what they're trying to, uh, to achieve, learning the maps, understanding, you know, the different landmarks and things like that. That's a big part of it, but we also have Sherpas that are um, like PvP labs mains or that specialize in fighting in reserve D2 or perhaps are fantastic um, snipers and understand, mm -hmm. you know, leading shots, bullet velocity, calculating game mechanics, all that kind of stuff as well. Um, so it's really, they're really teachers and they, they start from the very, very basics all the way up to, you know, the level 71 um 3000 pmc kills two and a half thousand labs raids in a wipe we've got kind of everything both ends of the spectrum and everything in between nice 
awesome. And now we'll add this is this is free to people to you know. Well, I guess how would people find out and you know line up a Sherpa or request a Sherpa first of all? Yeah, so there are two ways of doing it. The um, the main way that we encourage is um, is joining up on the the Sherpa Hub Discord. So it's just discord.gg forward slash Sherpa Hub. Um, we have a ticket system in there, depending on the region that you're in. If you scroll down, you'll see like a, a ticket request and it'll be like an NA ticket request, Asia ticket request, EU ticket request, that kind of thing. Um, you hit the little button in there, a bottle pop up. It'll ask you a couple of questions about the things that you're wanting to uh, to learn, the things that you've been challenged by. You fill in some details there. It goes into a um, into a queue. The Sherpas go through it all and go, yep, that's a that's a ticket that I specialize in. I'll reach out to this person and then you um, you can set up a session together. Again, entirely free. If someone is offering to teach you Tarkov and they are asking a fee for it, first of all, it's against TOS, but it's also not part of the official Sherpa program. No, no Sherpa will ever ask for money for what they do. We do it because we're, we're passionate about teaching the game to new players and about having the, the game grow, expand, develop. Yeah. Um, the second way of doing it is you can actually go in via the um, the website. So if you go to uh, escapefromtarkov.com and you log into your profile on the right-hand side, you'll see a link in there saying new player assistance. Um, if you click on that, you can click a request for Sherpa. It'll ask you a few basic details as well, and it'll raise another ticket into the um, into our, our back-end panel. I definitely recommend the Discord way of doing things. Mm -hmm. It's much, much easier to, I guess, track tickets and for Sherpas to reach out to you because the panel you can put in like, you know, are you on Discord? Or are you on TeamSpeak? Are you on, you know, one of the other um, messaging apps and, yeah. and things like that. But um, Discord is definitely the, uh, the, the quickest and easiest way. One way people can know if they're dealing with a Sherpa is you have the purple name when you go into the game, correct? Uh, Sherpas will have a green name. Green, sorry, game. Yes. yeah. You're thrown yeah. off by your. They'll have the little. <laughs> yeah, I kind of I, I wear both hats, so um, yeah, they'll have the the green name and the little symbol. Rather than having like a crown or anything like that, they'll have a little like the helping hands um, symbol next to their name. So you can always pick a, a Sherpa based on uh, on the green name. Um, that being said, on the Sherpa Hub um, as well, is there are a lot of uh, what we call like helpful members and experienced members in there. So um, whilst they're not official Sherpas um, at that point, um, they might be very, very knowledgeable. Um, and there are always plenty of people around there that are happy to jump in and, and help newer players out. And now, how did you become a Sherpa? Actually, um, it, it took, it was quite a, quite a journey um, to become a, a Sherpa for me. So I, I did the same thing that I guess many did. Um, I joined up the Sherpa Hub when I was sort of at the point of a, a wipe where I'd achieved everything that I, I wanted to. And I found that I was sort of moving through a lot of the regional communities and, and playing with, uh, with a lot of players that I guess were a bit newer to the game. And I found that um, I was spending a lot of my time running through. And it was at that point, it was primarily teaching interchange um because i mained interchange at that stage and um you know there were lots of little spots and i was like hey i'm actually really enjoying going in with people that are perhaps a little bit newer um and and showing them some of the concepts and and stuff like that and getting them comfortable and yeah. it was getting to the point where i was having people that would that i'd played with a couple of months prior that were level four level five level six at that time they were like DMing me and going, hey, just so you know, I'm now level 24, 25, I've unlocked these and here's this loadout that I just got from this, you know, really fat raid that I did. And I'm like, yeah. that's that's cool. Like these are players that, you know, I, I haven't spoken to in a few weeks and now 
after spending this time with them and, and helping them get comfortable, they've now become their own player as well. Yeah. And I've run into them. It, like, like there's been players that I've helped out literally years ago now that are still like, they're now four or 5,000 hour players. Wow. And I've juked it out with them on labs or in D2 and things like that. And I'm like, this is so cool. Like I've just been sent back to the lobby by a guy <laughs> that didn't know how to heal a heavy bleed two years ago. Like that's just, wild so yeah um after doing that for a bit i went i actually i spoke to um i spoke to the old sherpa coordinator um back in the day um via the forum and i was like hey i'm really enjoying doing this stuff what what's the best way of uh getting you know more involved officially and you know so i was actually at that point i was going through all the different communities and seeking people out and and stuff like that and i went you know what i know that there is a, a sherpa program but I've, I've put my little, like, I did the little application via the website at that point, and I, I didn't know what to expect at that stage. So I went, oh, I'll go and have a look and, and see what the, the go is and where I should be and, and where I can have the most impact. And he went, come and join the Sherpa Hub. We've just created this new Discord. Just created. I, I think I joined the Sherpa Hub. I think it was around six months after it was made. But um, yeah, so I jumped in there and I was sort of helping people out and I was really active in the, uh, the text chats and things like that. And... Um, then I was offered uh, a position as a helpful member, which is kind of like an entry community staff role. So yeah. you don't get a fancy colored name in game or anything like that, but um, you do get one on Discord and you kind of get access to a couple of the um, the additional channels. So you can, you can talk to Sherpas um, mm -hmm. sort of behind the scenes a little bit. Um, you get access to a few teaching resources and things like that. And so I started kind of rolling that into, I guess, my teaching style and, yeah. and I guess some of the things that I would work through. And then uh, I probably did that for probably around six months, I think, that I was sort of involved in that. And I was helping out with little things around the, the Sherpa hub and then... Um, I was approached to uh, to start a trial. So at this point, like I said, I'd probably been doing this for the better part of 12 months um, before I actually had the opportunity to to trial for Sherpa. And at, at that stage, it was a it was a month long trial that you would do, and you'd have to complete yeah. X number of tickets, and you'd have to do some sort of like sessions with other Sherpas and learn things, and I guess get some feedback. And then at yeah. the end of that time, you would do what they called a, an interview, and that interview was basically you would grab a ticket um, from the queue. And yeah. you would take them into a raid or you would teach them what they wanted, what they wanted to learn. And one of the senior Sherpas would sit along with you and they'd sit there and they'd watch what you were doing and, and they would go, okay, well, is this person, are they bullying the new player and going, oh, you know, get out there, you know, do this, whatever. And, or were they, you know, creating like a good learning environment? Were they informative? Were they knowledgeable? Were they engaging? Yeah. You know, all the things that you really want from a good teacher, because, um, one of the things that we really found is that uh, people will, if you if you're trying to be, if you're a little bit too bland, or you're just sitting there and you're like, oh, I'm reading the the wiki out to you, like, welcome welcome to your Sherpa ticket. Now sit there right. while I read this page about ballistics. You know, being able to turn something into, um, I guess, language that people understand, and, and being able to relate with people too. Yes. So um, that's what they were really looking for at that stage. And um, I was lucky; I, I managed to get the uh, the passing mark. So I um, jumped on as one of at that point one of two Sherpas in the OCE oh, wow. region. Um, so there was a, a period there that um, the other Sherpa kind of stood down and, yeah. and moved on and did some other things. So there was a point there that it was just me. So yeah. um, thankfully demands there. We've got, I think we've got a complement of four or five Sherpas in the oh, region wow, now, nice. which is very, very cool. So it's, yeah, it's growing quite nicely. Oh, but cool. uh, that was how I got involved in the early days. Oh, it was a, it was a long journey, but um, it was really worth it. Really, really, really re one of the more rewarding things that I've, yeah. uh, that I've done. Oh, awesome. And now, um, Afraid, 
what is you're taking somebody green into the game what map are you taking them to what is your go-to map is it still interchange that you're going to teach somebody from from the you know from nothingness to tarkov chadness so i actually have a i have a one of the things i've created i've got all these like copy paste things that i um that i pass out to new players and one of them is like you know here's a quick checklist you know and it'll be things like do i have something to heal a light bleed a heavy bleed whatever yeah. i actually have one for maps as well and um so the maps that i'm actually i'm even going to bring this up here and uh because i haven't i haven't looked at it in a little while I'm, I'm not going to lie but um so i kind of have one where i recommend either customs woods or interchange and there's pros and cons to both yeah. like to, to all of those those maps and um so i'll talk a new player through and go look if you start on customs, you know, some of the pros are a lot of the really, uh, the really early quests are on, um, are on those maps. So yeah. you'll be able to level up quite quickly. Um, the downside is that in OCE customs can be a very PVP centric map. So, mm -hmm. you know, it is a, it is a favorite for, for streamers to come in with their groups or to go in with their meta gear and I guess have a lot, a lot more PVP and a lot more player interaction, um, which can be very, very tough for a new player. Yeah. Um, woods is probably my number one go-to for people i'm not a, I, any map that ha is green and has bushes i'm i'm not a huge <laughs> fan of but you can't go past woods as a good starting map because mm -hmm. once you figure out how to navigate it and if you pick a few milestones and like landmarks and things like that yeah. um you can navigate quite well and there's so much money to be made it can be run very safely um mm -hmm. there are some of the early quests in there you start to get used to i guess audio and picking the right loadouts and things like that so woods is a very solid map and back in the day i used to recommend interchange as well back when it had you know a lot of loot there there were some safe stash runs around the outside or yeah. in underneath and what i really liked about the map back in the day and perhaps not not so much at the moment Hashtag make interchange great again. Um, <laughs> the you, you could actually develop from a brand new green, like fresh player to the PVP Chad in one map because yeah. you could start off, you could do your your safe loot runs, you could mm -hmm. get your quest items, you could do things like that. If you wanted to go in and you wanted to PVP, you could go into the center. You could at the time you could run to Brutal and right. go for Killer and and fight all the people that were going in to hunt Killer and things like that. So you had that whole progression all the way through. So I kind of give that to all the new players and go, look, here are the three that I recommend. I generally don't recommend Reserve because it's sort of harder to extract from. Yeah. Lighthouse is is a great map, but not everyone has amazing performance on it. Plus the rogues can be very unforgiving, yes. um, and but really, I guess between customs and woods would, would definitely be my my go-to and then get get them comfortable with that. Spend as much time as you can to know that you can drop in at any spawn and make your way out to the uh, to the extract. Yeah. That's ultimately what you need yeah. to do. Tarkov, if you ignore your stats, it doesn't matter. If you can do a comfortable loot run and you can keep your money up and you can buy the same loadout that you want to like that you want to run mm -hmm. and you're comfortable in that loadout, everything else is is gravy right it, it doesn't yeah. matter if you if you get down bad or you have a, a five raid loss because you know that you can go back and do that safe loot run and buy that kit that you always buy and then go in and do something different yeah yeah my go-to is always you know the basement or the you know underground of interchange it's just you know for when i bring people who have, if i'm bringing friends in who've never played before Inter on basement of interchange because you can you don't have to really engage and you can understand the dynamics of looting and discarding and and getting used to the mechanics before we had you know co-op offline mode but 
And, uh, you know, the other aspect I think that the game really has that's unique is you can play this so many different ways. Like you were talking about, you know, whether you want to be the Chad, do you want to just loot? There's there's no rules on how you should play this game. I think that's that's one of the great things about it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm sure that anyone that's played with me has heard me ranting about uh, spicy bushes and bushwookies and, and things <laughs> like that. And, but that's one of the cool things about Tarkov, right? Is I'm sitting here as the person running through with a Reese T and a gazelle on and um, dying to someone with a Keter in a bush and then going, oh, what was he doing in the bush? Like, there's, there's 10 minutes left in the rain. What's going on here? But then you look at, like, Reddit and they're like, what are these, you know, what are these people coming in, sweating with all this heavy gear and then just shift Wing around every corner and pre-firing? And I'm like, okay, I'm mad at them, but they're mad at me. So <laughs> the thing is, that, that's exactly right. You play the game how you want to play it. If you're within TOS, if you want to... And, and look, unfortunately, this does extend to things like ex extract camping and stuff like that. While I personally don't enjoy that play style and, yeah. and find it a bit tedious and, and boring, the reality is it, it's a valid play style. Like yeah. if you're not doing things to break the TOS, then then make the game the game you want it to be like it's, right. you've got that flexibility yeah absolutely yeah i i will uh you know i will not uh, you know i've been known to be on a conference call or a webex here and there and you know out there just doing some tarkov things you know there's no no certain ways you need to play this yeah so absolutely, absolutely right <laughs> so now what's your thoughts on a new patch the new wipe when you first of all i guess when a new wipe happens what is your strategy do you quest? Do you, you know, just go explore the new things? Um, it really depends on, I suppose, what my goal for the uh, my goal for the wipe is. So, I usually try and there's a couple of quests that I always want to get done before, yeah. I guess, people start running really heavy gear. So, stir up the pistol kills. Just, I would hate to do that three weeks into the uh, into the wipe. Um, the other one is the the is it Tarkov Shooter Part Three, the the close range bolt action kills. I think it's yes. Part Three. Yeah, part three, um, part three. I like to try and get them out of the way before people are running really really heavy gear. Because I I like everyone. I just jump into factory and do them there. Exactly, so yeah. um, now what's your go to bolty? Uh, do you go do you go for the short Mosin or do you go for the um, oh Granaski Granasti or whatever it's called? The I, I used to, look the two on five was always my go to for the longest time, but. Um, I've been spending too much time with uh with Trent and Cringe and they are Mosin aficionados. So oh, okay. I've uh, I actually went in I went in with the Mosin this time, little Mosin carbine. Yeah. And uh, and got it done with that. So I'm look I, I'm a I'm very much an accuracy by volume kind of guy. So uh any any bolt action and, and things like that I I struggle with. But um yeah. the Mosin actually I've I've been enjoying it um this wipe, especially over the other two on five. Yeah, excellent. And now, what's your thoughts on the the new? Have you done much in the streets yet? I've done a bit, yeah, yeah. So that was um, I kind of put off going to streets for a little bit. We did a, a couple of um, drop streams on the Sherpa Hub Twitch, yeah. well, where we are here. Um, and I thought, you know what, I'm really, really keen to get into a lot of the new content. Like so much has changed in this this patch, oh, yeah. um, and I went, you know what, I'm going to dive in and sort of show how I learn new maps. Mm -hmm. um, because obviously, oh, okay. you know, a lot of maps have been added since we started playing. So I thought I'll apply the logic that I used to learn it. We'll do it, uh, do it that way. So I kind of jumped in. I, I got the, uh, the, the map by, is it Reem? RE3M? He did like yeah. a, an early render based on, um, 
based on, I guess, what we saw from the cinematic footage that's been yeah. teased over the last few years. And I put that up there and I went, okay, well, I think I can work it out from this. So I put it in there, we load it in and I'm like, okay, well, I know that I need to find these landmarks first. And once I got those, I'm like, the first thing I'm going to do, and this is all in offline at this stage, I, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to try and find these extracts. So I, of course, wandered off and then died to an out-of-bound sniper. <laughs> That's fine. Load back in, do it again, find those landmarks, and then basically went, okay, well, this is great. I, I understand where all these things are now, and I've got a pretty good idea that if I can get to this point, I can navigate out from there. So once I was comfortable with that, I did the whole, all right, I'll jump into a scav run now, and I'll, I'll see if I can get my scav out, and yeah. then I jumped into the PMC. And it was sort of like that whole process. So I've done a bit with bit with streets. Um, I certainly, we've got a we've got a member of our community, um, Chuckles, who he's, he's been streaming, like, absolute degen hours, but he's doing level 1 to 40 or level 1 to 42, but only running on streets. And oh, I think he's wow. like 29 or something at the moment. Oh, and he's just done that cool. running streets over and over and over. So, um, yeah, he's uh, he's done a lot learning that. And, and obviously, we've had some uh, some great guides coming out from from Rengar and Dan Excert have started yeah. putting out guides on a lot of the quest stuff as well. I'm this white. I've told myself I'm not going to look at any guides for any of the new content. I want to try and get in there and challenge myself to learn it nice. as I go. So cool. um, probably not the quickest way of doing things, but uh, but it's been fun. It's been a good a good challenge because I can tell you now, some of the context clues in the new quests are not at all related to where the quest <laughs> items are or what yeah. you need to do or where you need to go. So oh, it's um, it's been tough. Nice. The Tarkov community is pretty special. This is the, you know, this really is the first gaming community I've jumped into. And, you know, whether it's on Twitter or even Reddit and in discords. And it's just, it's, I have to say, it's just so, so full of so many good people. And I haven't seen a game pull in so many people that do fundraisers and charities and things like that. Like no other game, gaming community. And now a few months ago, there was, you know, I think somebody in you know, the Australian community, Tarkov community, they, Sergeant Wolfie, do you want to talk, tell that that story? Yeah, yeah. So um, Sergeant Wolfie is um, a full-time content creator um, from Australia, primarily Tarkov. If anyone's seen the the Battle Dogs um, stream, like the card game and things like that, he put all of that together. So very, very talented uh, creator from, uh, from down under. Um, it was, I think, a bit over a month ago. So right sort of smack bang and leading up into the um into the holidays um they had a bit of a something went wrong with i, I believe a, a patio heater or something like that and, and unfortunately it did um spark a, a fire um that kind of gutted the house that he and his parents were living in at the time and um as a result he basically lost everything so I went through it like I remember seeing like, if you've been on Twitter, you put up a couple of photos yeah. on there, but um, you could see like his stream set up and it was just a, a charred, melted plastic mess. It was yeah. uh, it was actually it was pretty heartbreaking to see, you know, we we put a lot of um, a lot of effort into the things that we work with, um, you know, our tools and, and stuff like that. And to see that, not, not just that, but like all of his belongings, clothing, right. everything um sort of just disappearing in the space of uh a few minutes um thankfully he and his parents did get out um they they were fine like un, unscathed uh for the for the most part i think he had COVID and, and stuff at the time which uh yeah oh, made things a lot more difficult but um yeah basically went from having 
all this setup there to having essentially nothing and leading up into the holidays as well and and having COVID and not being able to get sort of uh, accommodation very easily as a, a result of that. Um, it, it meant that he was sort of in a bit of a precarious position. Um, yeah. And again, absolute testament to the the, the OC community. Um, everyone pulled together. Uh, one of his mods um, and one of his mates pulled together a, a Kickstarter event and um, people were sort of throwing their throwing a we, we like you know throwing a pineapple here and there we call them a pineapple um the australian 50 dollars note is uh oh, okay. like orange yellowy color looks like a looks like a pineapple yeah um but yeah lots of people were, were throwing cash into the hat for him and um a few of us were approached by a couple of people from the community going hey we want to run these um we want to run these sort of like fundraiser events so a couple of those were run um, i was involved in one of them where a bunch of us basically jumped in together jumped on twitch and we had all these like redeems and things like that and uh it would basically cause things to be hell for us in the uh yeah. <laughs> in the streams which was uh which was interesting so like one of them was i think someone paid someone someone donated five hundred dollars for me to unbind my run key and considering we were playing on woods and literally all i do oh is shift w everywhere it yeah. was just three hours of agony for me like it was it was just so painful but um yeah you know we had uh cringe had very very long hair like he had a big yep. ponytail and things like that he shaved his head and wow. um it was just yeah then some other creators uh chuckle sanobi um a couple of others they did like party games yeah as well live on stream played with the community a bit um we bsg came to the table in like a huge way so we um we approached them and said look we want to um we want to do a bit of a giveaway for the community as part of these these fundraising drives that we're yeah. doing um you, you know are there any discount codes we're going to buy a copy of eod and give that to someone and yeah. they came back and went hey we've seen this and you know we had all the the photos because um Sergeant Wolfie came down to to PAX and everything, and yeah. he was an absolute cornerstone of the community down there as well, like he always is. Yeah. And um, and BSG came back and they were like, "Here's all these standard and EOD accounts. Do your giveaways and and things like that." And I was just blown away by the support wow. from BSG, the support from the community. Like, I, I think in the space of five hours, we raised a bit over twelve thousand dollars oh excellent like for 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 woofy and it was yeah. yeah like i said just it was it was so humbling to see like i'm again you, you never know what to expect going into yeah. these things and and tarkov you know has a reputation for being a pretty pretty toxic game but yeah. um you know seeing stuff like that just the community getting together at pax the community pulling together to support one of our own yeah. it's just like wait, where's the toxicity i, I was expecting yeah. this to be yeah it was um it was huge so um yeah like i said he's not not quite back on his feet yet but yeah. um he's definitely taken some big big strides in the right direction um particularly you know it's, it's gotten him landed with uh with, you know a bit of his he's been able to sort of get some of his stuff back so yeah. I, I believe he had insurance and everything that's always the first thing that comes up with people yeah. but um for anyone that's been through this and i've certainly done it with you know cars that i've lost or had stolen or crashed or whatever it yeah. might be it does take time for them to investigate and do things like that and it can be very tough for that period so seeing the um the community come together and, and really propping up someone who has been such a big part of the community for so long yeah. was was really humbling oh that's cool i love hearing stories like that and we and again it's you know your community got together you have you know smaller streamers do charity raise you know charity events for saint jude you have larger orgs coming together it's i just yeah i love seeing that and then you know hearing the good stories afterwards it's awesome way to go mm, absolutely so now 
speaking of the the Tarkov community, you know, what's uh, what's been your take on it? So you you know, on overall looking back on it. So it's certainly been, like I mentioned, it's been a big, um, it's been a lot of discovery and learning yeah. for me over the years. You know, um, you, you do see, thankfully, a lot more good than than bad, um, but it is very much a, a melting pot of people from different backgrounds and things like that. Yeah. Like, so again, my background was always, um, you know, cars and, and that sort of thing. And when you go there, you come across a lot of people that are very, you know, have similar backgrounds. It might be, yeah. you know, you might get some people that are, again, they might be tradies or, you know, they might be white collar, but yeah. everyone's got that common interest and they're all into, they're all into cars and they, you know, they might have, they might like their Euros or they might like their, you know, their Japanese cars and things right. like that. But everyone has a very common ground. Like it's very, very easy and everyone sort of has a very similar backstory. So it's very easy to be clicky like yep. that. Um with gaming, it's quite different because anyone can get into it. Yes. You know, there are people with high-end gaming PCs. There are people that have gone out onto Gumtree or I don't know what the equivalent Craigslist, I suppose. Okay, yeah. Craigslist, one yeah. back in the day. Um, and has picked up a PC and, you know, it might be the first time into gaming. And yeah. so you do, you get a much different mix of people than I've seen in other hobbies that I've, that I've had in the past. Yeah. And, um, it's been really enlightening because you know with any situation like some people will will instantly gel and get along yeah. really well and then you've got others that you know perhaps don't see eye to eye and we're all kind of in the same the same vicinity you know whether it be in discord or we run into right. each other in raid particularly with like voip coming in and stuff like yeah. that um it, it's been it's been good and it's been challenging um working with a lot of uh the community stuff in the past yeah um but like, like i said the ultimately everyone's here because they enjoy gaming and that that's a common interest so yeah. some people will get very very passionate about it mm -hmm. and that can bring out i guess the bad side sometimes yeah. but um for for the most part it's been it's been a real net positive yeah i i agree 100 you know i think part of the reason why it's it's more positive is I think it's a, an older group of people playing this game. You know, there's, and I think there's a mature level of maturity that comes along with that. And uh, I think that's probably a good chunk of the reason why there's, you know, it just feels different. And uh, you were talking about, you know, people coming in with positive or um, similar interests. Like I'm, I loved seeing when Formula One was going on. You see all the little different pockets of people who are, who are fans of Formula One. You we have Deadly Slav, we have Devil Dog Gamer, and uh, you know Toast. And then I found, um, have you found Break F One? He is a Tarkov content creator. He was uh, a Red Bull engineer for Max Verstappen's you know te uh, team. Yeah, so this is cool wow. meeting all these people. Yeah, and it's uh, and he loves Tarkov. He's streaming it now, and and just finding the different groups, and then talking F one or finding the other subjects that we all sort of have in common. I think it's really mm. really cool to see. Yeah, yeah, and you definitely get that, and and that that is one of the really cool things too. Is um, while we have, I guess the the official regional official regional discords and things like that. There's lots of um, there's lots of other, I guess, subgroups as well. Yeah. Um. The one of the ones that so in the early days there were two that I was on a lot. Um, there was one called um, the Hermetic Bunker, which was a yeah. lot of people that were very much into, I guess, 
getting right into the game, working together as a team, supporting one another, doing all the oh, key wow. sharing, all that that lovely yeah. stuff that we used to do. So really, really big community. But they would, they would play all the way through the wipe. Yeah. Um, and then there was another one called uh, The Burger Place. I, I love how creative some of these Discord names are, <laughs> by the way. Um, that uh, they would play a lot earlier in the wipe, but they all had you know mutual interests around music and things like yeah. that too. And 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 one of the like, there's a lot of real sort of niche subgroups within the Tarkov community. One of the ones that um, that I got an invite to recently was um, there's an OCE Tarkov fur community Discord as well. So there is a subculture within the the, the Tarkov community for people that are also into doing like the the first owner type stuff which is not something that i've ever been exposed yeah. to in the past but um you know you've got that there and then you've got uh, there was another one that was a lot of people doing like the cosplay type of stuff so they do a yeah. lot of the conventions but um a lot of it is tarkov themed and things like that yeah. and i'm sure if anyone's been to pax or twitchcon or whatever I did. I saw a bunch of USEX and a bunch of killers running around <laughs> and stuff like that through it all. But um, nice. you do, you get that. So it's sort of Tarkov is the big umbrella interest that we all right. have. But there are those little subcultures within it as well, which is super, super cool. Because yeah. if you want to get into it, you know, absolutely. Like you're there, yeah. you're supported. There's people that you can connect with. And um, yeah, it's really, really cool to see that kind of thing. Yeah. Very cool. Um, any any content creators out there that people uh, should check out that may be flying under the radar? Oh, there's. Um, I was going to say there's so many, so many that uh, it'd be it'd be hard to it'd be hard to go past. I think a few of them. So. I watch content creators for a lot of different reasons. Yeah. Um, some of them because they're, I really vibe with their play style and things like that. Um, and then others because they're, they're very educational or they do things that are, that are very, you know, sort of unique to their game style. So, yeah. um, gee, I think it, it's going to, like I said, it's going to be really hard to, like, I've got this whole list of, cause you know, you know, when you jump on Twitch and you see like right. one name and then you're like, and that's the first one you go to. I open Twitch and I open about 15 tabs and then my PC <laughs> stopped running. So it's sort of like there are that many that I um that I really enjoy sort of yeah. uh following along with and, and hanging out with. But um I guess if you're looking for people that are really focused on um educational content, um Chuckles is very, very good at getting right into detail. Like mm -hmm. he's not I wouldn't say he's flying under the radar as such like people sort of yeah. know him in the community and things like that he's pretty pretty um big down here but um being a being a, a medium-sized you know oce streamer is very different to being a medium-sized na streamer for example yeah. like big big number differences but um his educational content and the the level of detail that he goes into some of the things that he's working through is always very cool to see um cringed who again a little bit of nepotism here because I, I run with him as well um <laughs> yeah. i do very much enjoy his um strategic style the way that he plays um he's very measured in in what he does and seeing his thought process like he's much more patient than i am and yeah. um and that that culminates in him probably winning a lot more than i do as well so i, I do enjoy watching that um uh, another one is if you're into i guess sort of people that run sort of lower gear like off meta type yeah. stuff um marmo tv is also very good mm -hmm. um he the number of times i've jumped into his stream he's been running around with a bog stock ak 104 even though he's level 65 with you know <laughs> 200 million dollars stash value whatever yeah. 
um it's always good fun to watch because yeah like i said you you don't need to be running with the best of gear if uh if you've got good game knowledge and you're comfortable yep. with the loadout that you've got so that, that's always fun to see cool. all right so here you let's, let's play uh here's your wish list you're, you're picking your all-star squad you know past great tarkov players current ones regardless of region who who would you like to run a five-man on interchange with who are the four other people oh. you're who you'd like you know here's your wish list Oh, that's a um, that's a that's a good one. So look, I have a very so the way that I like to play interchange is a split group. Yeah. Right. So I actually really like the group that I that I run with already. Um, so I I play with so one of the things is I, I would take a a good mid tier team that are yeah. all very comfortable together and understand each other's play styles over just getting sort of five amazing solo players because. Yeah. It's Everyone different. kind of wants to do their own thing and take it. Yeah, and, th and that's it. Yeah. So um, I really can't go past the group that I primarily run with. So for me, it would probably be, like I said, I, I like playing with Lionheart. Um, yeah. He's a very, like, he's not a streamer or anything like that, but he's very PvP oriented like me. So we'll often hard charge together and things like that. Yeah. And then, you know, Trent and Cringe, they are a bit more strategic in the way that they play. They think a lot more compared to what we do with, you know, the whole... There's a corner, I'll just run around it firing my my 95 round drum mag. Um, yeah. If someone's there, hopefully I'll hit them before they shoot me. Um, so that split's really good. And then it's sort of, for a, I guess, a fifth player, like there's a bunch of different people that that I really enjoy playing with on on sort of interchange. And that would be Tenant, um, the other deputy coordinator from the, um, the Sherpa program. Yeah. Has a very good blended style that I, that I like to see. Um, if we're talking if we're talking content creators though um it'd be a really hard toss-up between i think double destroyer and rengar for me yeah because i feel like i would i've never played with either of them but yeah. obviously i've watched both of them a fair bit um in terms of a play style that i would gel with i think they both have have that sort of hard charging quick react run the right gear the yeah. right gear run the, the the heavier style of gear and, and things like that um i think it'd be really cool so if i if, we, if we're doing an all-star squad sorry to do a full circle on you here <laughs> i would definitely say a rengar a double destroyer um and then on the i guess the the thinking thinking person side of things um dan excerpt yeah 100 um and then gee who would you go for a fifth like there's sort of there's so many good tactical uh tactical players out there yeah i'm i'm not even sure right. who i'd go for that's, a fifth. that's fine all right so now you know once you're done playing the game for the for the evening or for the day what you know what do you do afterwards what's your thing um, so, cars <laughs> um look between cars look the probably the most common thing is i have a um i have a one-year-old doberman puppy so oh, nice. uh if i'm if i'm not working or gaming or whatever he's definitely sinking the rest of my time i can actually i can hear him i, I can hear him <laughs> right now he's just running around with uh one of his toys outside up and down the hallway so um yeah no he's uh he's definitely the probably the biggest time sink that i have i would say nice. very very What's needy it's uh uh maddox oh, okay cool yeah. all right so now all right We've reached the end of the podcast. You know, who are you calling out that should be a, a future guest on the pod? 
Ooh, that's a really good one. Um, you know, I, I really would love to hear from one of the uh, one of the one of the BSG community managers. Yeah. I, I I'm going to finger point Applezor here um, because I mean I know that he'll he won't do it. He, he likes to be behind the scenes and things <laughs> like that. But you know, hearing hearing the story. I mean, for me, like I said, community management and and stuff like that yep. is relatively new to me. But being able to hear, I guess, some of the journey and the stories and some of the challenges. Like I've I've seen some weird and wonderful things as part of the the role that i play and yeah and that's limited to just my region i i couldn't imagine what it would be like to be a community manager for a game that is now as large as tarkov is right in you know from a global perspective so i i'm definitely going to finger point uh, uh I, I think he might be up to it because prior to this whole event thing i said hey you know maybe after this is done i'd like to get you on to get your take on exactly what you're talking about because that's one of the things I like to do with this podcast is get people on who are just not just streamers. They're, you know, whether it is, you know, mods or people involved with the organization like Evasion, you know, the, the people behind the scenes like, you know, Garlem and Brian Baru and people like that. I think it's it's neat to see because, you know, when I jumped into, you know, Twitch, it's like who watches people play video games? And then you dig into it and there's so much more to it. And it's like, it's, it's mm -hmm. just cool to get everybody's story. So, yeah. All right. We'll get them on that. Fantastic. Can't wait All for right. that one. So with that, Afraid, thank you so much for doing this. BSG, thank you for, for you know letting me run these interviews.